You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. Family Matters. Time for our Family Matters feature. And I want us to have a conversation about the boy child and, and women today. And I want to ask you as a parent what conversation you're having with your boy child. Right? Let's talk about parents and the responsibility that they have to teach their boy children about women. Because as a parent, I've been saying this morning, that you are your son's or your daughter's most influential teacher. And even about women, you are. The choices that you make teaches your son powerful lessons about his relationship, his own relationship with women. So how can we as parents help our sons, help our children have a healthy view of women in this patriarchal society? How do we uh, promote positive masculinity and i want you to share with me the kind of conversations you're having with the children and what are you doing at home to demonstrate to them this healthy view of women in the midst of a society right of a country of a globe that is so hostile towards women i'd like you to send some messages on 0727021702 you can send a whatsapp or a text message the SMS line is 31702 or give me a call on 011-883-0702. Now, Mteto Tsemese is a clinical psychologist specializing in working with boys and men, uh, guiding us through this discussion. And then I'll be taking your calls and your voice notes as we go along. Mteto, thank you so much for making time. Good morning. Good morning to you, sir, and uh, good morning to your viewers, to your listeners. Let's talk about what children are learning as as they grow up. Because sometimes, as parents, and we'll talk about how the responsibility we can take and what we can teach them. But sometimes, we teach them certain things in this context: how to to have a positive view of women, how to redefine masculinity, and then sometimes our actions are different so so does it help in that instance where yes you've got good lessons to your child about things but what you are acting out on a daily and what they are observing is quite contrary to that and therefore it may cause a confusion so don't be surprised then when your child actually doesn't hasn't really taken what you have been teaching them but they are acting out what they've been observing you do over some time Uh, well, thank you for the invitation. Um, you know, firstly, let's start by saying what is happening in this country, the country of ours that is known to have the most progressive, um, you know, constitution is actually heart-wrenching. You know, we are number one in rape. We are five times more than the global average in femicide, in intimate partner violence. And every day there is a woman who's, who's raped, you know, and, and, it's just amazing how, as a country, we have not made the country to stand still. I mean, it's it's just tiring work listening to you talking about how the state capture report is making you frustrated. Doing the work that we do with boys, you know, and men is actually extremely, extremely exhausting and frustrating. But it must be done. So I wanted to start by that. Mm. You are correct. In, you are correct in saying that, um, you know, the people who are committing violence against women and girls 
in particular. You know, the men that do these things are not men from a different planet. They, they, they are men who grew up as boys, who observed certain things from their families, who, who have certain attitudes and beliefs that are enabled by, by society. And, 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 and for instance, I'm one of them. I'm 44 years old. I grew up in Tanzania township, you know, grew up in a very, very good home environment. But the things I was doing outside were influenced by the outside influence of wanting to be accepted. And unfortunately for boy children, the minute they step out of their homes, they are influenced a lot more by society because they want to belong, like they've got the gangster mentality. So I wanted to start by saying families are the first institution in which kids or children are meant to, to thrive, to adapt, to learn their roles and to get certain attitudes and to negotiate their own relationships. Unfortunately, from our homes, you find that there are gender segregated roles. There is, you know, what is expected for a boy is not the same thing that is expected of a girl. Mm. And, and, and unfortunately, maybe to, to be more specific in what we are answering, it doesn't matter, um, you know, to tell our children what to do. The best way to tell our children what to do is to do what we want our children to do. It's as simple as that. Psychologists, they call it observational learning. So children are, are a reflection of society. The men that we are in South Africa are a reflection of our attitudes about who we are as a country. I think that for me, the, the, there was a joke I saw early this morning, like I was doing a night shift, you know, just reading. And I saw a, a comedian of this guy who's, who calls himself a representative of the Cosa Men. He's a comedian, very amazing content. And this guy is, is, is in front of the ICC where there is an ANC conference in the Eastern Cape. And the jokes that he is make, the jokes that he is making about women that are going to be there, you know, getting iPhones, it speaks to, it's a joke. It's so brutal, but it's so honest. So mm. I suppose, I suppose that also reflects the kind of um, society we are because the people that we elect in, 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 in positions of power who become our leaders, who become government, uh, who become lawmakers yes. of this country, they actually reflect us. I come from the, uh, the ANC home in, 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 in the Eastern Cape. We have a deep pride of who we are at home and in the Eastern Cape. So I want us, as we locate this conversation, to think about these things because there was a story about black women who go to Dubai who are called slay queens and then they have to do certain things for money and I remember saying to someone a friend of mine well I mean South African men interestingly have vilified those women who go to Dubai called slay queens for the money hmm. and never showed compassion to them because we need to be asking why hmm. oh have we lost him Teto oh Teto I think we've lost you um, um, that's Mteto Tsemese is, is a clinical psychologist Specializing in working with boys and men I think that Zoom link just got cut off Abel is going to sort it out um, In the meantime Give me your call um, the, What Mteto speaks about is Observational learning and, and the first question I was asking is Sure, there are many things that you can do Right, to teach your children You tell them what to do what not to do, but they also observe what you do in the family setup. So when they are gender segregated segregated roles, they see that. 
and somehow it defines how their view world is. So please give me a call on, on the conversations you're having with your boy children. Um, what are the things you're doing in the family setup to teach your children, right, how to view women? So they have a positive view um, of, of women. Makosonke, you're calling us from Jabulani in Soweto. Good morning. Good morning, Clement. How are you? I'm okay. How are you doing, man? Good, good, good. I just want to say, Clement, uh, that um, for me, it didn't matter what kind of conversation um, took place um, as a child or as a teen mm. um, due to the exposure that I got exposed to that suffocated, that would, would have suffocated whatever it is that would have said to me. Um, we are not having, um, I, I was not exposed in a healthy way of relating to women. Mm. Um, by the virtue of being molested as a child. And, um, mm. and my first encounter, it was with an older woman mm. that, that, that introduced me to uh, sexual. I, I didn't understand what was going on at that particular time, uh, but I was in my teens, obviously. So, 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 and, then, and then the other encounter was this, um, it was with, uh, it was in not actual. Obviously, in that time when I attended school, we had older people in, in, in our midst. You know, and then that lady, she, 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 um, um, you know, like the next thing I know, we're kissing, and then the next thing I know, I penetrated her. Mm. You understand? So, mm. for me, those exposures, it didn't matter what kind of conversation that was going to take place. You understand? Mm. And today, I can tell you, it's even worse. You know, in a sense that um, uh, uh, um, there are a whole lot of um, communication that are taking place out there that actually um, gives a certain narrative in terms of um, relating to a woman. So if we do not address the exposure, I can tell you right now, it doesn't matter um, uh, uh, um, um, whatever parents would say, because kids are getting exposed to different platforms. You know, um, um, now we've got cell phones. I mean, it's just a, um, mm. a matter of going to a cell phone. You understand what I'm saying? For, so for me, this battle is far from being dealt with as long as we don't deal with the, the, the exposure and our, our psyche, my, uh, the psyche of children today. I mean, certainly there was a case of that young child that, 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 that raped, I think, um, a six-year-old or something like that. That's mm. not the case. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. yeah so, so for me, uh, uh, I agree with your guest, basically, that we don't have a healthy exposure in how we relate with women. How are you changing it now, Makosonke, um, as an elder, you know, and I'm so sorry to hear about what you went through as a child. With, with that experience, with what you know now, how are you yeah. changing that in, in your family? Look, um, Clement, um, what I can tell you right now is that um, I am concerned. You know, I am concerned because you must remember, as a parent, I cannot spend 100% of my time mm. with a child or with my children. Do you understand what I'm saying? I cannot spend 100% of the time. And the time I'm not spending with them, it depends on the type of friends that they have. It depends on the type of exposure that they're getting exposed to. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, as a parent, you will do whatever it takes to show your child, to speak to you. I've got a boy, you know. I speak to him. Do you understand what I'm saying? But these choices are not going... In that direction, you understand what I'm saying. I talk to him, and I say, I, I through my experience, I'm even open to him. You understand what I'm saying. So, so certainly, um, as that, um, certainly there are very serious challenges right now. But um, we'll, we'll keep on fighting, and 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 yeah. and 
you know, pray that one day God give us power as people who who, who want to see a society that is um, 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 that is exposing to healthy way of of relating mm. to women or healthy, healthy way of doing things. You yeah. understand? So yeah, I was blessed enough that I had mentors. You understand? And I think mm. mentors play an important role. You know, absolutely. If I didn't have that intervention, certainly, uh, 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 yeah, I think it is important that it's, uh, it's a collective way of doing things, and it needs to be intentional. Absolutely, Makosonke, um, in Chabulani in Soweto. Thank you for calling and sharing your experience with us. We've got Mteto Temese back with us, clinical psychologist specializing in working with boys and men. Um, you got cut off um, earlier, Mteto, as you were making um, your point. Um, uh, do you want to finish off that point? No, I think to, 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 to sum it up, to yeah. sum up what I was saying, uh, maybe I just need to acknowledge uh, my brother who just shared with us his personal story. I mm. think that's part of the courage we need to encourage. That's part of the conviction we need to have because, like I said, we all come from certain backgrounds, certain families in which we observed what it means to be a man. And sometimes even, even when your family is there providing all the guidance, when you get out of the family, what the community does is different, even at school. All I wanted to say is that this is actually a global problem because the people who violate women do not just violate them, you know, physically. They violate them, you know, because of the attitudes that we grow up with. Mm. So I was just flagging that everyone is implicated, every man is implicated because they, they, this is beyond black, white, Indian. You find that as men, how we think of who we are, somewhat is, has has a thing that comes with it, which is the degradation of women. Mm. Somewhat, it 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 it, it, it invalidates a man who do not fit whatever script of Uclava in the township, whatever script of being strong and powerful. Mm. And also it negates any emotion that shows vulnerability other than, you know, aggression. So you get rewarded for being aggressive. You find that if you are a boy and you are beaten up and then you come home crying, you know, you are encouraged to go and fight and mm. you are not taught to be relational. And I, I, I suppose this whole thing of how we think about women's bodies, how we think about sex, myself included, this is like ongoing individual work that one has to want to do because until you want to choose to be the man that you want to be, you're forever going to play the script, you know, of what you, you, you've seen across yeah. the board. And I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry to say that in South Africa, we don't seem to have enough commitment as men to actually deal with the fact that you know, women and, and girls have become endangered species. Yes, as men, I mean, we also have our own struggles. We also have had, you know, we, we also have to have our own conversations in which women have to, you know, ha- have to listen to us because we also go through so much trauma that we don't talk about. However, what we as men need to think about is that somebody said to me, you know, when I was saying this, you know, getting frustrated. I mean, I, I spoke to a, a friend of mine who's a feminist about my own personal frustrations in mm. my relationship with my family. And then she said to me, you know what, Mteto, I understand what you are saying, except that you guys are scared of going to prison because you are scared of being raped when you are in prison. That's the most, That's it. most important mm. thing that you are scared mm. of. We are scared of being raped every day, mm. raped by our partners and people we know. And our, So, you know, the things that we, we take for granted as men, we don't even, it's like, it's like, as men, we understand when people say to us, okay, not 
you know, you, those who have white friends, they 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 like to individualize this. You yeah. know, I'm I'm hardworking. I was never there during apartheid. I didn't benefit. And I'm like, no. With all the struggles that you have, you being white is not one of the struggles you face. Yes. So you don't yeah. also have to do anything to, pay, to basically benefit from yeah. racism or white supremacy. Yeah. So even as men, we don't have even with the unemployment and the frustration and the depression that we have. Part of why now we see this high rise of men committing suicide is because also we are violent to ourselves we are violent to other men we are just violent people as men so i suppose for me one of the things that we need to do Clement, in this country the same way we have a national strategy plan on hiv the same way we have a national strategy plan now on gender-based violence and femicide we also need to have a, a national strategy plan on mental health because once 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 we we, we invest in recognizing vulnerability of men as a, like I said to people, this thing is not like sophisticated. Boys have to be taught that they are human beings with a wide range of emotions. They have to be taught justice. They have to be exposed to the effects of, 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 of gender-based violence and the attitude so that we get to a point where we res- boys respect. It's like generational work that we must do. Because yeah. some of us are not even willing to do anything Yeah, because we were taught something completely different about what vulnerability is when it comes to you as a man and you express yourself. It it wasn't a sign of strength. It was a sign of weakness. No, it's okay for for the ladies to be vulnerable, to cry, to be soft. But as a man, um, you can't do that. How difficult, Mteto, is it to then raise a son who respects women? You, You spoke about families being the first institutions, um, that these children interact with. But how do you raise a son who respects women in a society that doesn't? Because, yes, you think, teach them that, but when they walk out of the home, they see how women are being treated. Firstly, you treat them by, by being that man, mm. right? So, And also by being that man, it does not mean you have a blueprint or you have a... Um, what you call it when you you have a manual of it. This is like ongoing work. You must be conscious of it. You must also know what the value is. And also you must acknowledge that you are going to fall back into your default position and you're going to make mistakes. And part of it is actually for, you know, you know, asking for forgiveness and, and showing accountability to kids. I think most of the, most of the parents that I talk to, the biggest problem we, we face is that thing of being authoritarian and wanting to tell our children and wanting to invoke the fact that, okay, I'm older than you, I'm your parent, and therefore. When in fact, this thing, I mean, as, as progressive as I am, I mean, even after this interview, you may hear a story of me doing something incredibly worrying. As much as I'm saying all the progressive things, so I'm aware of it. And, and you need to teach the boys also that at any given moment in time, Yes, it's okay to feel angry. Yes, it's okay. They need to be taught to process, to acknowledge, identify, and process their feelings so that they don't just act on them. And when they act on their feelings, especially anger, they must always know that there are consequences that are either jail or that are other violence. I mean, I'll tell you a funny story. I mean, I'm raised from, from a very religious and traditional family background. At some point, I was a lecturer at that, and there was a, a taxi driver who saw it, my mom, when I was driving from Bree. I got off my car. Lecturer, progressive, who knows about positive masculinity. I got out of my car because this guy saw it, my mom. My mom was in East London. Mm. I was not going to lose anything by ignoring him. So there are things that we need to also share that we have done or we do as men who are older 
that we can teach the boys to say, look, when we do mentorship programs, when we do mentorship programs, I agree with my brother, we need to have these excursions and mentorship programs and, you know, where we, we talk openly, but we must not talk as if we, we are without, it's like when you go to church, those who go to church, you don't go to church because you don't have sins. By virtue of being a man, you are implicated in the patriarchal violence that we feel. So mm. I suppose we need to be honest in the work that we do. We need to be honest to a point where we need to recognize that it's difficult to undo the work that we have to do because it's almost like you have to fight against who you know because that's who you have become. That's what you have been taught. That's how you've been socialized. But we can't, not with the steps that we see in South Africa of gender-based violence and femicide, no man can act ignorant anymore. So I suppose for me, the, the issue of justice, we, 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 there are things that are practical that we could do, like teaching boys and girls to plant um, you know, uh, uh, food together, because a boy and a girl can plant food, right? And it also teaches about patience, it teaches about, uh, you know, relationship with nature, it teaches about differences in low frustration, I mean, uh, frustration tolerance, because sometimes the plants will not, you know, be what you want, but there is a lot of wisdom. Yeah. But also this, this thing of sexual debut and, 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 and the fact that girls are being taught every day, there are even traditional things that we do to, to, to preserve their virginity. But nothing is being done, mainly mm-hmm. culturally, for yeah. boys to say, listen, man, actually, you know, if, if, if you delay your sexual debut and the fact that sex is easily available and you can even buy it, I mean, when you can control your sexual edges, that is the ultimate yeah, yeah, yeah. discipline. I mean, I think... how it's going to help you. Yeah, I think of many instances where, I remember when we were growing up, um, if there are ladies that were with you and they're opening their legs... You know, the first thing they do is they will hit them and say, sit properly. Um, what are you, I mean, a child who just, I mean, children are children, right? Sometimes they play and of course their panty is going to show they're young. Um, but the, the focus used to be on just that little girl, right? They will hit her and say, what are you doing? You need to uh, just, just sit properly like a proper woman. There's no conversation to the boys about stop sexualizing. Right? Stop using that as an opportunity to peek and think about the nasty things that you think about. The focus is just on, on women. I'm going to take your, I see your voice notes coming through, your calls, uh, your SMSs as well. After the latest in eyewitness news headlines, I want you to tell us what conversations you're having with your boy children. What are you teaching them about women? Yeah. 702. Family Matters. All right, it's 25 minutes before 12 o'clock. Um, Teto Chemese is a clinical psychologist specializing in working with boys and men. Um, he's guiding us through this discussion around the responsibility you have as a parent. Right? What are you teaching your boy children about women? Um, what positive masculinities um, are, you, are you pushing for in, in the family setup? What positive masculinities are you encouraging? And, and I'm asking you to send us a voice note. I see some of them have come through. Please, can you just make sure your voice notes are short because we're receiving documentaries here. <laughs> voice notes that are like two, three minutes long. Uh, please make sure your voice note is, is less than 60 seconds um, so we can play as many um, as possible. Let me read some of the messages that have come through so far. Ati in Pretoria says, Hi, Clement. On your current topic, uh, what do I tell a boy child to react when he sees someone, another boy, um, uh, being abused emotionally or physically by a girl uh, because that's the tricky one 
for me. Um, Teto, that's the question that Artie is asking there in Pretoria. says, what do I tell a boy child? Um, how do I tell a boy child to react when he sees someone, uh, he says another boy, um, being abused emotionally or physically? Okay, let me read this properly. Um, I don't think I'm understanding it well. So it says, I think what um, Artie in Pretoria is trying to say is, what do I tell a boy child um, and how should they react when he sees another person, another boy, abusing emotionally or physically a girl? Because that's a tricky one for me. How do you advise, Mteto? You see, that's a very good question from art. Mentality mm. comes. I mean, there's been situations where you hear that there were five men who were raping yeah. a girl, right? A woman. Or who were abusing another man, let's say, who, who, who is not the kind of masculine man that they, 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 they embrace. In, in this case, for instance, like if a man is gay and, and this group of men are homophobic mm. and this guy doesn't fit the script of what is considered cool or, posit- or, 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 or safe masculinity. The importance yeah, of being individually aware of justice and being trained to be just, to be kind and to be compassionate allows for you to be able to say, you can't be my friend if you do one, two and three. I mean, in our friendships, we go to, um, you know, to a drinking hall. We buy drinks for, for girls. And then we expect and assume that it's our right for those girls with us. And if they don't, then we force ourselves. Into, I mean, these are some of the codes of the gangster mentality that I'm talking about. So if you raise a child to have an inner will and an individual sense of who they are, and be anchored in that and know that, okay, cool, I can be friends with anyone, but I cannot be friends with people who are bigots. I cannot be friends with people who still, there are people, for instance, I grew up with, you know, at a particular time mm. in my life, some I went to the initiation school with, some when I used to do certain things, you know, um, you know, in my 20s or whatever, you know, and those people are no longer close to me right now. The kind of friends that I have right now are men who are committed to the things of value to me. Yeah. And those are non-negotiable. That does not make me better than other men who do whatever. I'm a rapper. I'm also a reggae dancehall artist. I grew up very homophobic because of the music that I listened to, because mm. of the church that I went to, because of how the scripture was, was interpreted. But I do, as, 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 as much as I have that homophobic background, I am aware now as a heterosexual man of my responsibility to make sure that Every time I have a microphone, I can amplify this fact because that is part of the problem. That is part of the violence that we see. So I suppose we need to teach our children to have a sense of justice and mm-hmm. to have a sense of kindness, to have a sense of compassion. And these are things that we cannot tell our children. We, that's why I said observational learning is the ultimate teacher, except that we, mm-hmm. even as adults, we come from traumatic uh, family backgrounds. We come from very violent backgrounds where siblings are not speaking to one another. We come from spaces where we pretend one another. We can't talk honestly. We come from spaces where somebody, when they have power at work, if they sit in a management meeting, they undermine the cleaners because mm-hmm. this thing is about power. So I suppose some of the things that we need to teach the boys is around the power that they have as a voice. My first song as a rapper, by the way, is calling out men who are rapists. And it's interesting that I wrote that song at the time when I was working for a feminist organization, Masimanyana Women's Rights International, 
I was made to apologize because I was bringing the, op- the organization's name into disrepute. Mm. So I was then questioned for calling out men in a violent and aggressive way, lyrically, as a mm. rapper. Mm. Because now, in my language, it's not the same when you rap in English and English. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah. I understand it. So for me, I think the point I'm making, Clement, is that mm. we must teach our kids that their voice counts and they must yeah. never, ever, ever keep quiet when there's an injustice yeah. I, li- I like what you said Mteto, about sometimes the tough decisions you have to make about the company you keep and 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 the intention and how intentional you are about the friends that you keep and i think uh, gone are the days when you must just stick around with a friend who is toxic whom you have called out and they just insist and continue with that kind of behavior uh, because when you are sitting down, what are you talking about with someone who is so sure. toxic and is is not even um, interested to to even change? Uh, Lulu, you calling from Glen Murray. What do you want to say? Good morning. Morning, guys. Um, I just caught you guys in the middle of the topic, but I just wanted to to comment and say that it's not just the young boys that need the teaching. I think it's society as a whole. Because how many times have you heard that someone got robbed? in, I don't know, probably downtown Joburg and people just watched or people just walked past and did not help and did not want to be part of it because they were fearful for their lives or they, they I know, or there's just this mentality that hey, ought to be part of it. Mm. So I I think it's, it's, it's bigger than just, yes, I advocate teaching young boys from an early age, but what about the older men? They also need attention. You know, it depends on saying that it's it's bigger than just, you know, grooming them at a young age because the ones that are damaged already, <laughs> it's the older generation. Yeah, um, I mean, the, the attention is needed on that older generation, Lulu. Uh, but if you think about how you, because prevention is better than cure, right? If you think about how you want to prevent it, um, the greater focus has got to be there from, from the children growing up. Someone on Twitter tagged me on this post that says, um, heal before having children so your children don't have to heal um, from having you um, as, as, as a parent. And, and Mteto, I want to ask you um, on, on what Lou is, is even raising there. We often talk about it takes a village to raise a child. And one of the questions I've, I've often asked on the show is, who has raised that village? Uh, because that's a village that is still patriarchal, right? Um, that's a village uh, that still has problematic views uh, um, about homosexuals who are, you know, that's a village that may be homophobic. So, yes, it's it's okay to say we need this collective effort, but when you look at the society that we have to lose point, sometimes that can also be a problem, allowing your children to be raised by this collective effort, this village, because who has raised that village and what views does that village hold? <laughs> you know, this is this is a very good question you're asking. I mean, in, in 2016, I did a, to- a TED Talk called South Africa's Unfinished Business. And I made, I made mention of this because I am known as Village Shrink, as the Village Shrink, right? Mm. Um, you know, but I've often asked, so what happens when the village is traumatized? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how do you ensure that the village doesn't pass on trauma onto the, onto the next generation? 
and 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 I can tell you that I mean the, the, the caller was was saying um you know older men I agree but I've I've been telling people that I'm 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 convinced that we need to have an eighty or a ninety ten split in the sense that we need to spend ten ten percent on the older men and then spend ninety percent or maybe at best we need to spend twenty percent on the older men and eighty percent on young boys the reason for that is that once we teach them at a young age mm. in schools uh, and then we have psychologists who do community interventions and then we have a life skills programs and then we value uh, we place value on i mean look as africans as an example we we, we have the best thing ever the recognition of your humanity as the basis of my own humanity, but we don't leave it, but we say it, right? Yeah. The same way we have good policies we don't, which we don't implement. So I, I don't think we should waste time with older men. We should just wait for them until they die, whatever, and then we should have a generation and be, inten- and be deliberate and intentional because this also requires resources. The fact that there's life orientation that we do not use effectively in this country is, is an opportunity that we're missing. The fact that we have uh, school holidays that we do not use to have conversations where we have mentorship programs for boys, we bring music. I mean, for instance, hip-hop is an example. Hip-hop is socially conscious music that, that has been infiltrated by misogyny. And you find that those artists who, who are misogynistic and, and, and vulgar and patriarchal, they are the best now that are celebrated, right? Snoop Dogg, Dogg is a case in point. I grew up listening to Snoop Dogg. A friend of mine was telling me, Snoop Dogg has been married for 25 years, yet we are struggling now as adults to even receive love from the, our lovers because Snoop told us, mm. you know, women ain't nothing. So I'm, mm. I'm, I'm showing that we, we, can't, we can't work a lot with older men because we are going to spend a lot of time trying to convince yeah, them, yeah. you know, and, and they, 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 I've seen with some people, they just don't want to change. Yeah, let's, let's take OJ, who's calling us from Kempton Park. OJ, how's it going? Hey, OJ. Okay, uh, Loazi, let's try re-establish that line with OJ. In the meantime, Zandile has sent a message and says, Hi, um, how do we as parents teach our boy children about violence, especially when they have not seen it at home? So how do we define violence to them? That's a question from Zandile Mteto. Violence, um, violence is not only physical. We need to talk of violence as, one, you not giving somebody an opportunity to listen to them. When you do, when like we need to simplify these things. If, mm. if kids are unable to share, you know, and you want to amass, you know, the food, and then other kids don't, you have no consideration of the other. We need to simplify these things. If they go as teenagers to, you can make example if they are teenagers or preteens or they have got a cognitive ability to understand when you go for with, with friends. If you always have a friend who doesn't want to let other friends choose which movie to watch or what food to eat. That is violence because it's based on, you know, the, the, the negation of the value of the other person. And if, if, if somebody is going to hurt and the, the feelings of, 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 of the next person, that is violence. So for kids who are younger, like you need to use an appropriate language. I mean, when we work in school, I remember when my daughter was young, I used to tell her that make sure that 
you are not mean to other care to other girls because mm. she attended the girls' school. So there are ways about being mean, and then you can let the kids define it. You'll be surprised. I mean, kids kids are very perceptive, and they know when they when they make fun out of other kids and they make a joke that makes another kid's feelings hurt. Then that is violent. So I don't suppose. I can tell every household how to be because people are different. They've got different uh, belief systems. For me, if if you have an identity, whether an ethnic or a religious or a cultural or racial identity or a gender identity that is based on the subjugating on subjugating the next person, invalidating their feelings, and having no kindness and compassion, that is violence. And I think what we need to do as parents is not to talk only about the violence. We must show the kids that it starts with the attitude, with the thought, with the, you know, with the belief, yeah. and with, with keeping quiet. And also we need to teach our children not to keep quiet when there's injustice. But I can tell you this, there's a price to pay. Absolutely. Toriso in Alberton says, Hi, Clement and Teto. I think we as men should change how we do things in our own homes. As men, we should start doing house chores such as uh, cleaning and washing uh, the dishes um i think things such as such simple things can also help a boy child um see how he should view a girl child that's a message from toriso i'm in alberton yeah toriso mteto spoke about that the the gender segregated roles and how that also influences uh, the viewpoint um, of these children, and, and not just that girl child, but but heavily so the the boy child as well. Mteto, I mean that's double the battle for single mothers, isn't it? Where the fathers are absent and they have to take over that responsibility of of teaching their sons um, about manhood, about positive masculinity, and how to view women positively. I think. One of the things that we will be doing, we'll be doing a webinar maybe the next month or so. We are planning a webinar specifically targeted for single mothers who've got kids who are going to go in Dabini because they are told that, okay, now that your boy is going to go in Dabini, you need to go to the father. And the father has not been there for 18 years. But for for, for, for single women, I think the most important thing for me I would want to share is for them, one, to make sure that they don't pass any judgment or, or, or resentment and bitterness towards the child, number one. You may have broken up with, 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 the, with, with the partner, but the minute, the minute that breaking up of the partner, with, or rather with the partner, then permeates into the relationship with the child, what you, what you don't realize is that that child doesn't have another father, regardless of what that father has done to you as a lover. So... I found that, you know, when I used to practice uh, in private practice, this was a very, very difficult one now for women because it's like, okay, you feel justified that, okay, no, your father, I don't need, children need their fathers. I mean, on Father's Day, I've had people inbox me on Twitter and on Facebook to say, yo, I mean, Father's Day is coming. I don't know what to say. Or the father has passed on. I don't know. I always dread when there's Father's Day because my children, you know, I don't know what to say. I think the most important thing is to talk to the children. Explain to them how you feel. Explain to them that as much as you feel this way about the father, but this is what they need to understand, that that's their father. But also it should not be because it's the reflection on the kids. Because at the end of the day, you'll be surprised that a lot of kids, they think that parents break up because of them, the kids. 
So there are also coaches that you can talk to. In fact, a friend of mine, Kunikayam Kukuma, he is like one of the best development coaches in soccer. What I have realized, Kunikai is not only teaching soccer, I also try and assist him to show him that, look, be aware that some of these kids, because I know where they come from, they come from families where they don't have father figures. So as a coach, be aware that on, at this age, this is what they are dealing with. Because Kunika is just a brilliant coach. So we need to find a way of even empowering coaches so that they are aware of the masculinity issues, so that over and above just playing soccer and cricket, there also are you know uh, progressive conversations that can happen. For instance, PSL, to their credit, if you watch you know the soccer you know that is being played, they have these advertising billboards. No, say no to gender-based violence. And I was like, yo, that's a great opportunity. Can you imagine if the PSL were to invite academic institutions? Mm. I mean, there are lecturers like brilliant uh, lecturers like Dr. Kopan uh, Ratele at Stellenbosch University. There are lecturers like Professor Manose Langa at Tertz University. There are lecturers like Hamadi uh, Kometsi uh, at UJ. These are amazing black men in particular who specialize in, in, in what we call positive masculinity. They have published, they are the pioneers in the work. Can you imagine if the PSL, because a lot of men, they watch soccer. Can you imagine if we can have programs within the sport, within rugby? because part of the problem is that these things that we talk about uh, are also fueled by alcohol, as an example, you know? And yet all our senior teams are sponsored the last time I checked by alcohol and alcohol company. Why can't we go to those alcohol companies who are sponsoring sports and say, okay, you need to invest in positive masculinity because mm-hmm. we have mm-hmm. so much violence. So I'm saying this this is also not like Clement is a sophisticated thing. This is something that you you must want to do. And maybe if I were to share with you a little bit of a personal story about me. As an artist I'm called in Jabongela. Ubun Jabongela is violence in his closet, but I am in Jabongela. I've got a tattoo of of, of my township you know, on my forearm, that is to remind me that I come from a concentration camp that is a township. I am just refusing to be the man that I was raised to be, coming from NU7, one of the most violent places you can find in this country. So the work that I do, I don't do it because I want accolades. No, the accolades are good for those who come after me. The accolades are not good if I do not change. I mean, it's difficult because I also have relationships with women. I also have relationships with men who are not educated. I also have relationships with men who do not fit the script, you know, mm-hmm. of what I consider yeah. to be a cool man. So as much as I'm a black man, also I have had to recognize that the violence that I feel justified as a black man because of the racism that I face in this country, I must not be for yeah. anything that I'm against. I must be for something that is better than just being angry at white people for what they have done. So everybody has to want to do it. You know, no one can force it. But for mm. kids, I think we must do something for the kids. All right. Sean, you're calling from Eden Vale. Good morning. Morning, morning. Thank you so much for taking my call. I uh, just wanted to ask your guest. He's been throwing around words like misogyny and patriarchy and homophobia and vulgarness in the same breath in, in reference to men and the, who represent the patriarchy and the society that the patriarchy built. I just wanted to find out from your guest two questions. Well, first one, maybe I'll get enough time for that. What does the word misogyny mean to him? Okay, miss, just the, you want to understand the word misogyny and, and how he defines no, it, Sean, is that it? No, no, I want to know from you, with your understanding of the word misogyny. How, how do you understand it, Sean? And then I'll get Ted to, to respond. Well, I, I understand the dictionary version, which is the contempt or hatred of women. So I don't know many men who hate or have contempt for women. 
What I know is the majority of men in society live good lives, we live wholesome lives, we try our best in a very difficult situation. And to sit here and hear every day that we're the bad ones, we're killing society, it's truly offensive. So maybe you should look at the statistics and see that the vast minority of men beat women, beat children, or are bad examples to their families. Um, listen, nothing personal. I just, uh, I don't, I take offense to people throwing men under the bus every single time, and there's, there's no accountability for anybody else. So, well, Sean, so I, I often use the example of um, endangered uh, species, right? When you've, you know, when you've got. Um, I don't know, elephants that, that are under attack, that doesn't necessarily mean uh, that the, all of the animals are under attack or we don't care about the other animals. And and to link that to what you're saying about misogyny is sometimes it's our fragility as men when we simply and easily get offended when we are talking about the the behavior of men towards women. When you look at it, generally speaking, the women are not killing themselves. It's men who are killing. You're yeah, saying you don't know a lot of men who hate um, women. Nobody claims that every single man um, in this world hates women. We're saying... Well, that's what the word means. That's what misogyny means. So listen, I just wanted to throw this out there before I let you guys go. How about praising men more often? How about teaching young boys? Listen, it's, it's a good thing if you look after your wife and your children. It's a good thing if you get a job and you work and stuff. Instead of constantly focusing on the minority of men who are doing these things, right? focus on the majority of boys that are growing up and teach them how to be men. Instead of constantly downgrading them and insulting them and putting them in the same term as, as, as hatred towards women. No man that I know hates women. Okay, so And maybe that's your off. experience, Sean, but it's not everybody's ex- ex- experience. Uh, let me, Sean, thank you for calling with that. Um, Teto, can I give you an opportunity to quickly respond to that? Two quick things, okay? Sean, thank you very much for calling. I'm glad that you actually proved the point because we are talking about women who are being great. We are number one. Uh, in the world um, in terms of rape and two we 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 are five times more than the global average right in terms of femicide so mm. if sean yeah. you, 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 the time that you have to call into the show would be to speak like you do you you are just clarifying and 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 showing and yeah. expressing exactly what i was talking about in yeah, fact, yeah, yeah. what i would like for you to do clement for the work for some of the work that we do i would like maybe if you could even give sean my contact details and then maybe i can say i'll do that that's that's great i'll do that in Teto, especially because now we are we we're so completely out of time but i'll get you in touch